Hi and welcome to the Hip New Thing podcast. My name is Lydia Doyle and I'm a third year biomedical engineering student in NUI Galway. In this series, I'll be discussing what osteoarthritis is and how we as biomedical engineers can address this issue with the use of implantable joint replacements. So to begin with, what is osteoarthritis? Osteoarthritis is a degenerative joint disease that is often characterised as a condition caused by joint wear and tear. It is the most prevalent form of arthritis, accounting for about 59% of all cases. It is most often present in synovial joints, like the hands, the shoulders, the knees and the hips. Patients who could be at risk of developing osteoarthritis could have had a previous joint injury, excessive weight gain, or there could be simply a family history of it there too. It is thought to be caused by an imbalance between the cartilage, which cushions the ends of the bone in the joint, and the chondrocyte that is trying to replace this cartilage. This reaction induces structural problems within the joint, which causes discomfort and stiffness. So why is osteoarthritis such a serious medical concern in today's world? Well, currently there is no cure for osteoarthritis. There are many treatments that can be used to relieve discomfort and pain. Such treatments can range from simply increasing physical activity or taking anti-inflammatory drugs to a steroid injection to relieve the inflammation or complete joint replacement. According to one study, almost 3.5 million Americans will undergo complete knee replacement surgery each year by 2030, with more than half a million receiving total hip replacements. Another research found that women are more likely than men to be affected by osteoarthritis and that about 60% of the 27 million people in the United States with the condition are women. These prevalence statistics alone demonstrate how frequent osteoarthritis is in the general population and these numbers are not slowing down anytime soon. When we think about joint replacements, we generally think of older patients, but it can affect people of all ages too. After the age of 45, severe osteoarthritis is very common, particularly among women. It is critical to be able to restore the patient's quality of life, particularly if they are young. For this reason, it is important that the prosthesis function for as long as possible in order to guarantee that the younger patients get the most out of their surgery. Now that we know a bit more about what osteoarthritis is, where do biomedical engineers actually come in for all this? As mentioned earlier, some osteoarthritis patients will need a complete joint replacement. This means that the body's original joint is removed and replaced by a prosthetic joint. A surgeon would perform this procedure in the hospital. Although the biomedical engineer is not present during this operation, the surgery would not be possible without them, and they are often overlooked in this field. Biomedical engineers are involved in the design of these surgical procedures, which use biomechanical principles as well as the selection of suitable biomaterials for the joint implant. Many advancements have been made in the design, construction and implantation of the joints over the last 80 years or so. These prosthetics have progressed over time such that the implant design is optimised for supporting physiological loads in order to guarantee that they last as long as possible. Focusing on hip joint replacement specifically, one of the first implantable hips designed by a British orthopaedist named Sir John Charnley fused a metal stem and ball with a polymer shell. He used metaculate cement to secure the device. Since then, modern hip prosthesis have come a very long way. When biomedical engineers construct a hip joint, they typically split it into three parts, the femoral shaft, the femoral head, and the astubular section. Each component will require its own material depending on the mechanical properties that it needs. Titanium and cobalt chrome alloy, stainless steel, and ultra high molecule weight polyethylene are typically the materials selected when modeling a hip joint. Each part must also be built to accommodate a variety of body shapes and sizes. It is not as easy to assume that biomedical engineers design these joint replacements and are instantly ready for use. To ensure that the device is completely effective, design requirements must be followed. 
Strong stability, low friction forces, sufficient fixation and sterility are among these criteria. Many calculations and experiments are performed to ensure that the joint mimics a normal working joint in order to satisfy these standards. It is the biomedical engineer's responsibility to clearly consider the needs of the patient and to create a device that can enhance the patient's life. So I'm going to wrap up the episode here. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed our time together on the hip new thing. It's been a pleasure to share my thoughts on osteoarthritis and why I think biomedical engineers play a critical role in the continued advancement of joint implants. Thanks again and I'll see you next time. Were you told growing up that this was very bad for your knuckles? If so, you were probably told that you were giving yourself arthritis. My name is Shane Drost, and this is my podcast assignment for the PA405 Elements of Pathology module titled Osteoarthritis Treatment and Prevention. When you crack your knuckles, what you're actually doing is stretching the space between your finger joints and decreasing the pressure in your joint's cavity. With the synovial fluid within that joint, this lower pressure causes the nitrogen gas inside the synovial fluid to form bubbles in the liquid, which then quickly collapse. That's what causes the cracking sound. The correlation between knuckle cracking and the onset of arthritis is not a medically supported hypothesis. So then what is arthritis and what actually causes it, if not cracking your knuckles? Well, arthritis is a condition characterized by swelling and tenderness in your joints. The two most common types of arthritis are rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is characterized by your immune system attacking its own self, its own joints, and is thought to be brought on by genetic and environmental factors, though it's not yet clear to how much of a degree each factor factors in. Osteoarthritis, however, is generally mechanical in its origin. Due to wear and tear over time, the cartilage that exists between your joints is worn down. Cartilage is a flexible connective tissue, the same material that makes up uh, the tips of your nose, the tips of your ears, the skeletons of your sharks, if you happen to have any. Its lack of rigidity means that it absorbs the impacts of your bones colliding in the body, but over long periods of time, it can be worn away. And with this cushioning layer gone, bone tissue impacts on other bone tissue directly, and the frictionless aspect of the cartilage layer is sorely missed in those cases. The severe joint pain when moving, stiffness, inflammation of the joint lining, tenderness, and ultimately deterioration of the connective tissue that holds those joints together. Those are characteristic of osteoarthritis. While osteoarthritic damage can develop in every joint in the body, the most common ones are the ones that experience the most impact when you'd usually be running or walking, your knees, your hips, your spine, and your hands. I don't usually walk with my hands, but maybe I've been doing it wrong. So with such a debilitating condition, what are the hopes for recovery? One consideration is implanted joint replacement devices. As far back as 1891, German doctor Themistocles Gluck experimented with replacement of the hip joint using an ivory ball joint atop the femur, but it wasn't until the 1940s or 50s that implanted metallic hip replacement started being prescribed as osteoarthritic treatments. In this surgery, a damaged hip joint is replaced with an implanted artificial prosthesis. 
These hip joints generally last between 15 to 25 years or so and alleviate severe pain in those suffering from osteoarthritis. Artificial hips mimic the natural ball and socket joint that exists between the uppermost leg bone, the femur, and the socket of the hip in which the femur would naturally reside, that socket being called the acetabulum. How the surgery works is that the patient undergoes anesthesia, and then the surgeon makes incisions into the body to expose the hip joint. The actual incision could occur in several places depending on the method used by the surgeon, but for hip replacements, the incision is generally made laterally, coming at the hip joint from the side while the patient is lying down. The femoral head of the leg bone is reshaped surgically, with a rod inserted into the bone snugly, providing support for the artificial spherical head uh, attached to the bone's tip. The socket of the hip, the acetabulum, is cleared of any remaining worn-down remnants of the joint's original cartilage, and then a new artificial socket is inserted, called an acetabular cup. This is cemented in place, or less commonly fixed with screws, or fitted using friction, along with a porous coating. The exact design of the acetabular cup varies, as does its method of fixation, but the main feature is that the socket is perfectly matched with the head on the femoral ball head to create a joint that allows a full range of motion for the leg. Another implanted joint replacement is the knee joint replacement. Knee joint replacements, also called arthroplasty, are also used to combat the effects of osteoarthritis in the joint between your femoral and tibial bones of your leg. This surgery, similar to the hip joint replacement, is done by mimicking the natural joint already existing within the knee. This surgery is complicated by the presence of the patella. The patella is commonly called the kneecap, a piece of protective bone over this joint which must be shifted to the one side of the joint to expose the connection point between the femur and tibia bones. The ends of the femur and tibia are replaced with prosthetic versions which perform the same function, creating a groove for the tibia and femur to glide against one another in a smooth motion. The tibial replacement is generally made of a slick plastic material where it interacts with the femur, recreating the smooth, frictionless movement of the body's cartilage. Both of these techniques described previously have been in use for many decades and are considered staples of joint replacement surgeries. Their age, however, is not to be confused with complacency. Strides forward are still being made in the joint replacement methodologies. Better material science has led to longer lifespans of joint replacement components. Increases in technology have led to advances such as computer-assisted surgeries and even robot-performed surgeries for hip replacements. By and large, however, the best method of pain alleviation for osteoarthritis remains the same as it was 50 years ago. Don't get it. Uh, there are steps you can take to save yourself the pain and the cost of this condition. While age is an unavoidable factor, uh, the inevitability that your body will decay and deteriorate and everyone and everything in the universe is ultimately finite. Okay, well, avoid high contact sports. Joint injuries from youth uh, increase your risk of developing joint problems later in life. Cycling and swimming are low impact sports to consider, or if one does choose long jumping and marathoning where possible, perform these activities on soil or matted surfaces rather than tarmac cabin to alleviate the stress on your joint. Your weight and diet is another factor within your control that highly affects the longevity of your joints and the cartilage therein. The more weight your body is carrying, the greater toll it takes on your knees and your hips. And it's also thought that a diet high in calcium and vitamin D leads to better bone and cartilage health in your body overall. So thank you for taking the time to listen. So thank you for taking the time to listen, and you can now feel secure in the knowledge that your knuckle-cracking habit is not going to cause you years of severe irritation, just everyone else around you.